Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. It's a season for them to be obedient to God. And I really appreciate that about David. As a leader, he recognized this, that he knew that God was in charge of the heart of man. A great lesson for me um, as well as a pastor and a leader to leave the heart to God. Leave the heart to God. You and I need to be focused on what the Lord has called us to do. And many of us have that calling. And if you don't have that relationship, know that there's a God in heaven who does have a plan for you. It's a great one. He's known it since before you were even formed in your mother's womb. One of the most important things to remember when ministering to someone is that God is the one who can cause growth in another person. Today, Pastor Eric will be reminding us that though we may plant a seed, water it, or perhaps harvest the fruit, Only God causes that seed to grow. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of today's message entitled, Ignorance Gets You Killed. I really love that in chapter 30 when it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Um, How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? Well, one way is to remember who the Lord is. Remember his greatness. Remember his power, his awesomeness. I I think there's many times where I've talked to many people and we think, what is a word that we can describe God? And it's always awesome, right? But I'm sure that there's so much higher words that we don't even know uh, that we can't even speak that describe how mighty and awesome God is. And so David re-engages in the Lord by remembering who the Lord is. And, uh, and he goes to him and he seeks the Lord and what to do because the Amalekites came in and took all their wives, their children, their, their animals and took them away. And the men of David came back and everybody was gone. Their city was burned. And so there was so much sorrow going in. And, and the guys, his faithful men, turned and wanted to even stone David. But David reengaged, encouraged himself in the Lord. Then we saw in chapter 30 that David found favor with a slave. This slave was actually a, sl- a slave of the Amalekites. And David came upon him because he was sick and he was hungry and needed water. And so David gave him mercy and then he gave him truth. And with that mercy and truth, David found favor with this slave. And the slave took him right to the enemy's door. And David and the men won the victory, just as God had said and promised. Then David and his 400 men, not all of his men, because he had 600 men at this time, not all of his men went over to fight the war. 200 of them stayed back. And 400 of them went. Now, some of the 400s, uh, when they came back, didn't want to share their victory with those who didn't go to war. And David corrected these men and called them wicked and worthless. For these 200 men stayed back to guard the supplies. Another great lesson for you and I, that we shouldn't judge a person by their heart. Uh, judge, judge a person by their physical actions, because the heart, we do not know the man's heart. Only God knows the heart. And sometimes we think man isn't doing anything. They're not pulling their weight. But you know what? Maybe they're being obedient to God in what what he's asked them to be. Maybe it's a season for them to sit. Maybe it's not a season for them to serve. But it's a season for them to be obedient to God. And I really appreciate that about David. As a leader, he recognized this, that he knew that God was in charge of the heart of man. A great lesson for me um, as well as a pastor and a leader to leave the heart to God. 
Leave the heart to God. You and I need to be focused on what the Lord has called us to do. And many of us have that calling. And if you don't have that relationship, know that there's a God in heaven who does have a plan for you. It's a great one. He's known it since before you were even formed in your mother's womb. And he wants to, he wants to give that to you. He wants to share that with you and walk you th- with you through it. And uh, I would encourage you to surrender into the will of God and just let him take over because it is so beautiful when you just trust. And that's an area that myself, that I'm learning to to trust. And it's hard. It's easy to say and hear, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings, but truly we need to trust. Abandon all of ourselves and trust in the mighty one who formed the earth and rely on him and his way for our lives. Because we know whatever he does with our lives, he will be glorified in and through it. And it will be perfect because God is perfect. It's beautiful. We need to focus on being obedient to what the Lord puts in our path. Let God deal with the disobedient. Now, as we come to the conclusion of 1 Samuel tonight, we're going to look at chapter 31. And in the conclusion of Samuel, we're going to see the death of King Saul and his sons. Uh, within this chapter, we're going to see the, that ignorance will get you killed. Ignorance will get you killed. Again, like I said, the title, ignorance will get you killed. Uh, so we'll spend the majority of time looking at the importance of obtaining wisdom. But let's get into chapter 31 tonight. Uh, I'll go ahead and read the entire chapter. And then we'll go through it. It says this, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons, and the Philistines killed Jonathan, uh, Avidav, and uh, Melchishua. There we go, we'll call him that. Saul's sons. Verse 3, the battle became fierce against Saul and the archers hit him and he was severely wounded by the archers. Verse 4, then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword, thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. Now, so Saul, his three sons, and his armor bearer, and all his men died together that same day. Verse 7, when the men of Israel who were on the other side of the valley and those who were on the other side of the Jordan saw that the men of Israel had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they focused, or they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. Verse 8, so it happened the next day when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. Verse 9, and they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent word throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim it in the temple of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of the Ashtroth and they fastened his body to the wall of Beth Shan. Now when the inhabitants of uh, Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and traveled all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his son from the wall of Beth Shan. And they came to Jabesh and burned them there. In verse 13, finally, then they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. Pretty uh, an amazing battle that takes place at the end. Pretty intense, uh, a battle that takes place at Mount Gilboa. Many of the Israelites fell slain at Mount Gilboa, as we read. And some of the notable names are Saul's sons and Saul. The battle got so intense that the archers of the Philistines shot and 
hit King Saul. And it was, a, it was a wound that was going to kill him. And so before the Philistines could kill him, he says, and he turns to his armor bearer and says, hey, kill me because I don't want to be abused by the Philistines, the uncircumcised Philistines. Take them out. Kill me. You know, kill me. And the armor bearer was greatly afraid, the word says. He wouldn't do it. Therefore, Saul took his sword and fell on it. Uh, Saul's injury was going to kill him, but uh, his armor bearer could not do the job of killing the king. Now, interesting note in 2 Samuel chapter 1, David uh, hears about Saul's death by an Amalekite, a young man who comes to, to David and tells him that King Saul and his sons were killed. And his point of view was that uh, Saul did not die when he fell on the sword. In fact, it says that uh, he said that the Amalekite killed him because when Saul was laying on the ground, he looked and he saw the Amalekite and he asked him, kill me. And so the Amalekite says, I killed him to King David. I took his, his crown and I brought it to you, King David, because you're the next king. I believe personally that he lied. And I believe that because it's re- the story of 1 Samuel 31 is retold in 1 Chronicles 10. And if you read 1 Chronicles 10, it's again saying that Saul fell on his sword. Even if he did die that way, it doesn't really matter. I just thought it was really interesting. You know, Did he die by the Amalekite or did he take his own life? Either way, Saul's dead, right? He's dead. Uh, the Philistines, though, come and find Saul, and they cut off his head. And it's kind of like a, a, a scene that we've seen before. Uh, take off the head of a ruler and display it all around. Well, what, who did that? Well, the children of Israel did that with who? Goliath. And so the, here they cut the head off of Saul, and they place his head and his armor in their temple uh, of their god, Dag God. Uh, and they were, were letting everybody within the Philistines know that Saul is dead and his sons. Word got out. And then you see that the men of Gilead, Jabesh Gilead, heard, and these valiant men got up and they went overnight to get the bodies of Saul and his sons. Valiant men, it says. Pretty awesome to see that there's valiant men. Uh, My heart's desire is that we'd see valiant men in our day today. Uh, Definitely a encouraging word for us men to be in a valiant man, one who is obedient and a warrior for God. Uh, anyways, interpretation, son and his sons perished, just as Samuel stated in chapter 28. Do you guys remember that story? Saul inquired of the Lord, and the Lord didn't hear him, and so he went, King Saul went to a medium, and he, the, the lady said, who do you want me to pull up? And he says, bring Samuel. And Samuel says, why have you brought me up? Because the Lord wouldn't respond to me. And he says, well, because of your disobedience and your unfaithfulness, you and your sons will be with me tomorrow. And sure enough, here's tomorrow. He is dead. And so then we see that the Philistines um, killed as just as the Samuel spoke. Crazy how God can use even a spirit that's already dead to proclaim his word. Really, really... Uh, really uh, powerful to know that, that God, there's no boundaries with him. So why did Saul and his sons die? That's the question. Why did Saul and his sons die? Well, the answer to this question comes out of the book of First Chronicles chapter 10. In fact, it comes out of verse 13 and 14. It says, so Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. In verse 14, but he did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he killed him 
and turn the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. Why did Saul and his sons die? Because Saul was unfaithful and did not keep the word of God. Also, he consulted a medium. See, Saul died for his unfaithfulness against the Lord by not keeping the word of the Lord. And if that wasn't enough, he consulted that medium. He didn't, he didn't hold to the word of God because God told him to kill all the Amalekites. But what did Saul do? He spared the king of the Amalekites. He spared him. He disobeyed. Now, this story should strike in you a godly fear, a godly fear, a fear of God in every single person who reads this true story. Unfaithfulness against the Lord, not keeping his word, will bring death. This message needs to be taught. And I believe the church in America has jumped on the bandwagon of that God is not mad, that he's not mad, and that he doesn't have an angry side, a wrathful side. And he does. The Bible is clear. He does. And we see a, a prime example in 1 Samuel 31. It's this, this idea that he loves, and he doesn't, he doesn't care what you do. He just loves you. But God, yes, God is love, and he does bring correction, though, my friends. Falling for this gospel can lead a person away from a genuine fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, what is the fear of the Lord? Have you ever thought about that? What is the fear of the Lord? Proverbs 1 answers this question. It should be on the screen, Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The Lord answers this question, what is the fear of the Lord in Job 28, verse 28, and says, and to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and not to depart, and to depart from evil is understanding. What is the fear of the Lord? It is the beginning of wisdom and to depart evil. Do you have the fear of the Lord tonight? Many in the church, I believe, probably do not. And you might be asking, but pastor, why are you so hard on the church? Well, Peter can answer this in 1 Peter 4. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what, is, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Listen, my friends, we need to have a genuine fear of God, a genuine fear of the Lord, and a, a, a fear that is respectful. How can we ask the world that, that doesn't believe to have fear in God if the church doesn't have fear in God? How can we do it? Are there Saul's in the church today? People who start out strong in the Lord, but they fall away on their own desires, just as Saul did. He started out well. He was a good-looking man. He was tall. He was taller than any of the other people. He was strong. He's a warrior, and he was anointed by God, but then he went away. Why? Because he did not have a genuine fear of God, so much so that he disobeyed. The Bible calls these people fools, those who fall to their own desires, who hate knowledge, fools who hate knowledge. And again, knowledge is wisdom. Proverbs 1, says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in, the scor- in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Saul was a fool. Remember back in 1 Chronicles 10, it says that Saul did not keep the word of God. He did not keep the understanding of God. He was a fool. They call for wisdom has gone forth, though, my friends. The call for wisdom and knowledge has gone forth to the church. Because God desires those who believe, those who have put their faith and trust in him to come to wisdom because wisdom is beautiful and powerful. 
It can take you to a whole new level in your relationship with God because his, the understanding of God comes to you. So the call of wisdom has been sent out to the church. Have you received this call? Turn over, if you would, over to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 20. Proverbs chapter 1. We'll see the call of wisdom. It says this, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gate in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you, because I have called you, refused, and I have stretched out my hand, but no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel, and you have none of my rebuke. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm, and your, your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Does this sound familiar? Saul sought the Lord, but the Lord didn't respond. Why? Because he was a fool. He did not have a fear of God. And the Lord, in verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever, listen to this, verse 33, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. The call for wisdom has been put forth to the church. Come, get wisdom, get understanding. Come, and you will dwell safely, and you will be secure without fear of evil. Beautiful. (laughs) Fear of the Lord is a choice. We see that in verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Have you chosen to fear the Lord? In your life, in your walk with God, have you chose to fear God? To come and put your faith and trust in Him, to believe in Him, to walk in His ways, to respect who He is as God, to have that genuine love for Him. Whoever listens to wisdom's call, again, will dwell safely and, and be secure without fear of evil. What a beautiful thing. If you want, uh, you want to be relieved of fear of evil, then have a fear of the Lord. How does one fear the Lord? Well, let's continue in chapter 2 of Proverbs, starting in verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You want to know how to fear the Lord right there, verses one through five. Incline your, your ear to wisdom. That was loud. Treasure his commandments in you. Apply your heart to understanding. Do you really apply your heart? When you read and sit down the word of God, do you really apply your heart full-heartedly to his word? That you incline your ear to his wisdom 
that you seek her as silver, search for her as for hidden treasures. It should be like a drive for you and me to get into the word and devour it so that we can find the wisdom that God has when we fear him. Apply your heart to understanding. Continuing on in verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth came knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of the justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. Cry out for discernment. Cry out for it. Give me discernment. Lift up your voice with, for understanding. Use your tongue to ask for it. Give it to me, God. Search for it. Search for it like you're searching for treasure. Treasure. If I was to tell you that there's gold without this building, all throughout this building, would you get up and go look for it? If there was $100 bills, hey, there's $100 bills, there's $500 bills in that cafe, would you get up and go search for it? I probably would. If somebody told me that, I'm like, well, $500, wow, I could use that. But God is saying, search it like treasure. Do you think the word of God is treasure? Saul did not, because he didn't keep the word of the Lord. Call out, call out for discernment and wisdom. The result of wisdom, what is the result of gaining wisdom? We'll look at with me in Proverbs 2, verse 10 through 22. This is the result. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil. Who does not want to be delivered from the way of evil? This is how you do it. Have a fear of God. For the man who speaks preserves things. For those who leave the path of the uprighteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, who, whose ways are crooked and who are de- devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her tongue, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death, and her path is to the dead. No one will go to her return." nor do they regain the path of life so that you may walk of the way of goodness and keep to the path of righteousness for the upright will dwell in the land and the blameless will remain in it but the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it what is the result verse 11 Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. Verse 12 says this, to deliver you from the ways of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. And then it goes on from all these other wicked ways and perverse ways that wisdom and knowledge and understanding coming by the fear of God will deliver you from these things. But it's up to you to search for it. It's a choice. It's a choice so that you may walk in the ways of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. As man, it's easy to look to our understanding. It is, uh, it's, uh, it is so easy to look to your understanding and what you should do in your life. But the writer of Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with your, all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Fear the Lord 
Don't be wise in your own eyes. Saul was wise in his own eyes, and look what happened to him. He died, just as the Lord promised, right? Blessings that come in wisdom. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of 1 Samuel the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. And if you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-723-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write down this information. All of this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on and get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.